0: Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about everything related to technology and pop culture. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting article that focuses on what teens wish adults knew about technology. And we would love for you to join the conversation as well. So be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. Joining me in our conversation today, we have Jonathan McKee, Kristen Smith, Paul Ac, and Bob Hoos. All right. Well, so for our icebreaker today, I have a fun one. Okay. If you could take a selfie anywhere, where would it be? And
1: maybe who would you do it with? Oh, there we go. Man, that's good. Well, I, I think that's easy because for me, it's just, where do I want to be? I could care less about the selfie. <laughs> I want to be on a beach in Maui. That's where I want to yep. be. Beach in Maui. So, so I want to take a selfie with my wife, laying there, not doing a thing. That's what I want to do. Just laying there and relaxing.
2: If I could take a selfie anywhere, anywhere, I would take a selfie on the on the moon. <laughs> On the moon. Oh, so we're
0: allowing science fiction answers? Yes, we are. Actually, we are. You can go to no, the moon see, now. The can I do a selfie in Star Wars? Here's
2: the thing: everywhere <laughs> that I would want to be, I would be getting in the way of all the scenery, right? So you, so need how to do have...
0: you in the picture would wreck the picture? Is exactly. What you're saying.
2: But see, the moon, <laughs> oh it's nice and flat. There's nothing really to see. But I can say, look, you can't I even was see the, the stars on the Wait, moon, Wait, But right?
1: would you do it with like the Earth in the background though?
3: Well, I... maybe.
1: Paul's maybe. Earth okay, selfie. okay.
3: So, so you've just answered my what i mean given my answer because i would actually like to see all selfie takers taking a selfie on the moon because oh my selfie takers just clog up the world oh.
1: <laughs> This has oh, been Get Off My Yard with Bob. <laughs> oh, okay, boom. Get
0: off my yard. Go so, like, okay. you know, okay, no. take yeah. a on the <laughs> <Exactly.
4: moon>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Now I'm scared to take a selfie anywhere. Goodness. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't take a lot of them, but probably somewhere like Jonathan said, like on the beach or, I don't know, tra- w- traveling the world somewhere. Just taking a bunch of selfies. That's right. Only about me. As I'm traveling.
0: That's right. right. Good (laughs) millennial. That's it. Good millennial. No, no, I won't be mean to all the millennials. I take it back. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I think I would want to do mine in the Hermitage in St. Petersburg, Russia, with the parable of the prodigal son. So me, the father, and the son. I want to insert myself into the the most beautiful picture of a biblical parable ever done, which makes me the really spiritual or really narcissistic? <laughs> right. I'm not sure. Right. Of which, I'm,
2: I'm going to vote the second. Right? <laughs> that was,
0: I, wow, that was that was a good answer, though. I, was, right. I mean, I thought Paul's answer was good with being on the moon. But, well, uh, it's just it's on my very short bucket list of places I want to visit. Okay. So why not insert myself into the picture? Why
2: not? If you're there,
0: if the you know the icebreaker question allows for it, we're going to go for it, she right? Does. Absolutely. And the Russians will not be happy with me. Anyway, moving on. You know, we all know that technology is influencing us. A decade or so ago, maybe a little longer, we didn't even have selfie as part of our vernacular. We didn't even know what a selfie was. And now it's something that we see people doing all over the place. And, and Bob apparently gets angry every time. But <laughs> <laughs> we will pray for Bob's soul. There's whippersnappers. And there's whippersnappers in there, right. little smart jobbies taking pictures of themselves. So... We know that technology influences us, and that's a a question that we focus on each week. And and this week I came across an article written in the MIT Technology Review that asked teens the question, what do adults not know about my generation and technology? And Mm -hmm. you can find a link to it in our episode notes. That is a great question, and MIT published the response of a high school senior named Taylor Fang of Logan, Utah. I wanted to pull some quotes from this article because I thought Taylor's response was really insightful and just have us kind of kick them around uh, because I think there's a lot worth talking about here. So here's the first of those. Taylor writes, quote, teens don't use social media just for the social connections and networks. It goes deeper. Social media platforms are among the only choices to create and shape our sense of self. Social media makes us feel seen. In our Instagram biographies, we curate a line of emojis that feature our passions, skiing, art, debate, racing. We post our greatest achievements and celebrations, end quote. What do you think about Taylor's understanding of how today's teens use technology to, quote, shape their sense of self, unquote?
4: I mean, I think there's a lot of validity to what she's saying, that it's it's a way to, it's an art platform, a way to kind of, understand who you are as you post things and as you see other people post things, um, kind of shaping yourself around even what you're seeing. Um, I think obviously it's not the only way to Hmm. grow your sense of self. And so that I think becomes an issue when you think this is the only way I can develop myself. But of course, like, I don't know, at the same time, who are we to say that? We've had a lot of years to, I, I think as you grow, you learn about your sense of self and it always changes. And so this is just one step that kids take you know,
3: yeah. and learning who they are. Yeah, I, I appreciate what she said because she's very articulate, first of all. Even um, if you don't want her on your yard yeah, right, doing right? right. right. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I guess, my bouncing off what you were just saying, I, I think in a way it does illustrate her limited point of view. Mm. Um, Say more about uh, that. Well, what I mean by that is, um, okay, if I'm a person who lives on an island surrounded by water all my life, then all I know is the water around me, mm. okay? Or if I'm a person who has only watched movies and I've never read a book, then I don't know the the depth and the richness of reading a full book. I only mm. know story based on a movie because that's all I've seen. Mm-hmm. And that And so in a way, what I'm saying is that because... Her experience, and I think a lot of young people's experience, are focused so much on social media because that's how they've been raised, that's how they've grown up, and that's, that's every that's the island they're on. Yes, that's the island they're on, and that's what they know. And I'm I'm not I'm not you know dissing her in any way mm-hmm. for her point of view. I'm just saying that I think much like what Kristen was just saying that there is so much more out there, and I think sometimes. Sometimes uh, your mentality about social media can actually limit you in how you reach out to the world around you. Uh, you know, I,
1: I, I love that you brought that up, that, you know, we obviously each look through our own lens. And if you're on an island and all you've seen is water, I mean, this this is kind of the lens of young people today. I mean, yeah. you think about it, social media has really only been our pocket, well, the majority of our pocket since 2012. 2012 is when we crossed a 50% mark for having smartphones in our pocket. It's the year that Snapchat came out. It's the year that Instagram became a thing. Um, the word of the year. Uh, Oxford Dictionary's word of the year was selfie in 2013. I mean, mm-hmm. this this all started. If I, if I said the word selfie in 2010, you would have said, huh? It wasn't a word. Mm-hmm. So all this started to happen. So now young people are growing up with this lens, with this viewpoint, where sadly, as much as I love freedom of expression and being able to express yourself, that's one of those positive things. And I think Kristen was touching on that, but I think where it gets scary is when I think we started to hear kind of the the in-between the lines out of what Taylor was saying here was that some of how she feels about herself comes from how well-liked she is. And the scary thing is, um, you know, we can compare this generation to previous generations. And honestly, since 2012, we've never seen such a spike in anxiety, mm. depression, right. teen suicide, specifically among teenage girls. And it's a little terrifying when you think about the fact that this device has become this, you know, self-esteem barometer that determines, you know, like we we could put together some great, you know, YouTube channel and putting together Lego blocks or whatever. And even if we're having fun with it, it doesn't matter. It's all about how many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? And that's what's scary about this.
2: Yeah. And I think that, that one of the things that, that just to riff off of what you said is I think social media allows people all of us to create sort of a brand for ourselves. I think that's one of the reasons why likes are so important, followers are so important. We create essentially an online persona, I think a lot of times, where that's that's slightly different than who we really are.
0: Yeah, it's an idealized version usually.
2: Exactly, and so you have sort of this weird disconnect, even with with social media that's supposed to bring us closer together to, to the to our context. And I think in a lot of ways, sometimes it does. But at the same time, I think that it can encourage us to remove ourselves in a Mm -hmm. way from ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we can be disconnected from who we really are because of who we're trying to present ourselves to be, and
3: it it creates in some cases i'm not saying all cases but in some cases it creates this artificial sense of community i mean you know yeah, when exactly. when i was a kid and we didn't have social media at the time if i wanted to create a community i had to connect with the people mm-hmm. i had to press the flesh i had to i had to get out and meet and greet and be with people yeah. Yeah. you know whereas you really don't need that as much now and and i think Springboarding off what you were saying, Jonathan, I think that that can be a problem. Well, I think what has changed
0: now that's really, it's really interesting. Maybe from a sociological perspective, is that you have teenagers who are self-consciously thinking about shaping their sense of self. Now, I think the the process of moving through adolescence from being a teenager to a young adult is about individuation. It's about separating from your parents. It's about growing up and maturing. So it is about developing a sense of self. But when I was doing that as a teenager, growing up you know, in the dark ages of the 1980s, I wasn't sitting around thinking, how am I going to shape my sense of self? I mean, the closest yeah, I probably got aware. to that was going to a concert and getting a T-shirt from a band to show that I was at the concert and I was cool, you know? And, and, but it wasn't as self-conscious
1: as it is well. now. And think about that. I mean, that's how we can kind of relate because honestly, when, and you and I were born the same year. so we Same year, 1970, you know, a good year. Yeah, it was a very good year. And uh, the thing is, you know, we, for us, we probably did, and probably girls more than guys at the time, but, you know, we thought about at least what, what shoes we put on yeah. that morning, you know, it's or not what, what shirt, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, or, you know, because I definitely thought when I walked in a room, oh, I hope they like me in this shirt. I hope right. they like these shoes. The thing that that's really interesting how stuff has changed is now this is 24-7 because, yeah. you know, I, I read an article just a little while ago about Instagram and about people who were saying hey i have to think about which outfit i'm wearing cuz when i post something on instagram i don't want people to see me wearing the same outfit you know so now also Oof. we have to start thinking about the permanent ramifications of wow this is the way i'm going to be posted cuz even if you take a post off instagram somebody else could you know screenshot that photo and and draw a mustache on it and post it about you so i mean there's a permanence to this where we're so worried about what other people which think of pressure. us yeah. It does create yeah. pressure.
2: You know, just before we, we start hammering on social media too much, you know, as you're talking, I think that sometimes the curating that you're able to do on social media is not necessarily a bad thing. When I, right. when I put myself in the place of a teenager today, thinking about myself as a teenager way back when— I was pretty uncomfortable with myself. And I think that it was sort of one of those things where, where it was to be able to have a forum where you had a little bit more control over how you were presented, how you could speak to yourself uh, and, and show yourself the way you really wanted to show yourself when you felt uncomfortable doing that in real life. You know, that can be sort of an opportunity for shy kids like me.
4: Yeah, I think I felt in middle school, I got made fun of a lot. I moved around from school to school um, went to a a decent amount of schools. And I remember girls are mean. They can be really mean. And I remember feeling singled out. I remember getting made fun of. And if I think about social media in the context, I think it can provide an escape for some kids that probably need the escape. And if you think about it, like, all of these emotions and all these things that they're portraying on social media aren't any different than what we felt
0: right. growing that up. Right, that hasn't changed. No, you know, it's just the that- The medium has changed. Yeah,
4: the medium has changed. The way for them to express themselves or to establish something where you might not have felt that kind of control growing up, they, they have a maybe a more sense of self-control, I'm not sure.
0: Uh, you know, It's interesting, Taylor actually goes on to say some things about selfies. We've been talking about those in the context, obviously, of social media, but let me read this quote and, and respond to it. She says- Selfies, as many adults see them, are nothing more than narcissistic pictures to be broadcast to the world at large. But even the selfie representing a mere I was here has an element of truth. Mm. Just as Frida Kahlo painted self portraits, our selfies construct a small part of who we are. Our selfies, even as they are one dimensional, are important to us. At this critical moment in teenagers' and children's lives, We all need to feel less alone and to feel as if we matter. Teenagers are disparaged for not being present, yet we find visibility in technology. Our selfies aren't just pictures. They represent our ideas of self. So my question is, what does Taylor identify as the chief struggles of her generation here, and how does technology, in this case taking selfies, perhaps address that struggle? I
4: think it's feeling seen, right? Like, How can I feel seen? And I would say that, Um, I'm not a teenager, but I think even as a, you know, 28 year old, I, I look now at selfies and this is changing too across Instagram, across different platforms. It's less filtered. People are trying to be more mm. real, mm. and I have really appreciated that as a young mom, seeing moms post about their real life, about what they really look like without all the filters. Cellulite is real, you know, like all of these things that allow someone to be seen but for who they actually are. So I can, I can identify, I guess, with what she's but saying. How, how
3: many teens actually think that deeply about this subject of, of yeah. self, selfies?
4: Not to say that they are thinking that deeply. However, I would give them more credit. I think that they're able to, to process on a deeper level than oftentimes we give them credit for.
2: And I think that there's always a need when, when we're young to be seen. You know, I think that that really resonates with us. I, I think that, that the idea of pushing yourself out to, to as you were saying earlier, Adam, to, to distinguish yourself from the generation before from your parents, I think that that's just sort of a, a universal need. And, and selfie seems like it's a new tool to do that.
1: You know, and it's it's amazing. I mean, Taylor isn't necessarily a representative of the norm. Right. She's, like Bob said, very articulate. Yeah, she's, she's incredibly articulate. She, she's wicked smart. And the thing is... Um, <laughs> You know, she brings up some really good points. I don't think uh, young people are all as narcissistic as uh, many people are pointing them out to be. I think they don't know anything different, as Bob also said earlier. This is just kind of your rite of passage. This is what you do. And it's part of their day of, hey, you know, if I'm eating a cool breakfast, I want to share it with my friends. Where it can become dangerous is like all things. When all of a sudden it becomes obsessive, you know, mm-hmm. and it's funny yeah. because you actually see research where some people put minutes to it and, you know, and, and, and there's debate about it, but I mean, and it's hard to summarize research. But when you look at like Dr. Jean Twenge, who researches this stuff all the time, you know, she says for most kids, you spend an hour and a half to two hours a day on screens, period. That's usually in the healthy realm. But once you start to get over that and you get to three hours, four hours, hours. Five hours, you start to see depression go up. You start to see anxiety go up. That's because all of a sudden we're gonna see kids that aren't really kind of living balanced lives. They aren't you know, doing what Bob talked about, going out and meeting other people face-to-face, which is healthy, getting out and exercising, doing these things we need to do. So we gotta be careful. It's one thing to post emojis that represent who you are. It's one thing to post a little bit about your day. But if you find yourself looking to see, how many likes do I have? How many followers do I have? That's where it starts to get a little scary.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the thing that's really interesting about this quote is she says, we all need to feel less alone and to feel as if we matter. Hmm. And I think it it speaks to some things we've already touched on that the irony or the paradox of social media is that it's supposed to bring us together, but people feel alone. And so there's a doubling down, you know, it's not working. So I'm going to do even more of it to try to bridge the gap. And I'm not sure she sees that here. I think she identifies a very real issue,
1: but you know, she's just trying harder with the same tools. And this is good news for parents and families to, to see again, here's where young people like us. And if we remember what we were like growing up, we did want a place where we belonged. We did want to be liked. We did want, you know, something meaningful and tangible and to hear that. And to know that sometimes, sadly, kids are looking for the that in the wrong places. And we, as moms and dads, can honestly, you know, sometimes we need to put our own screens down and walk into our kids' bedrooms and plop on the floor and be like, hey, how's it going? And talk yeah. with them and dialogue with them and make them feel loved and noticed and heard.
3: And, yeah. and I, I, think it's, I think it's very easy for a, a young person to think that all adults are reflexively saying, this is bad. This is nasty. This is no good. But that's, yeah. not the, that's not necessarily the reality. I mean, some people might be thinking that. But the fact is, I think, I think what most adults are actually trying to say is there has to be a balance. Absolutely. There has to be a balance in everything, including your social media work. Uh, you, you know the 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 selfies that you put out or the or the uh YouTube channels that you follow there has to be something a give and take where you do other things too well and and, and sadly
1: let 's be honest
3: adults haven 't figured this
1: out yet because right. every study out there when it shows the amount of screen time we 're spending adults spend more screen time. Than both teens and tweens. So we aren't really modeling this in our own homes. And that's why one of the key things for us to do as adults is it's not that social media is bad. It's not that screens are bad. I mean, we all around this table here, we all love our listeners probably love movies and love media and this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But bottom line is we need to sometimes shut the screen off and make sure that we have those family dinners and have those times where we're hanging out with our kids and talking with our kids. We need to start not just teach us. We need to model this. Yeah. Being good
3: examples.
0: I, I think that's exactly right. And it leads into my last question. And this is just a couple sentence quote. Um, Taylor says, perhaps social media selfies aren't the fullest representations of ourselves, but we're trying to create an integrated identity. And again, I think she's onto something here. She's onto the fact that the pieces are not fitting together. And one of the things we haven't talked about is how our faith really impacts the process of shaping our identity. And so my final question is, how do you think we can help our children, our grandchildren, tweens and teens that we may be interacting with to have an integrated identity in this sort of world that has made identity a
1: project unto itself. I think the one thing we should be in on our screens is we need to be on the Bible app because we need to get our kids an award. And I don't mean to sound like I'm just, you know, okay, let's let's put in our token Bible reference here. But honestly, I mean our identity, I tell you, you know, me, my identity, it's in Christ. Yeah. And and I would be nothing without him. And when I look at my life and I look at my failures and everything, I sit there and go, wow, I can't believe that, you know, Jesus is willing to look past all that and accept me for who I am. And, and man, I tell you, if my identity was based on how many likes I had, I'd be in trouble, you know? And so I hope that— You and me I, both, brother. I, I hope that as we <laughs> teach our kids this truth, they'll recognize some of the lies that are out there.
2: Yeah, and I think that—to to riff off that a little bit— I go back to, to the idea of brand, how kids and, and all of us really create these personas. We create who we think people want to see, Yeah, people who we might want to be. And I think that, that our relationship with, with faith allows us to be who we are. And I think that as parents, we really need to encourage our children to be—to really embrace who they are, warts and all, to, to say that it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to not take the perfect selfie, to, to be able to— to accept yourselves for who you are because I think that just puts you on a better road. And also
3: be the adult in the room who establishes a close, loving relationship with our kids and then exposes them to a whole new world of things outside your cell phone?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, too, it starts with us as parents and as adults because we we struggle with insecurities. We struggle with what people think and perception and Hmm. persona and all of these things, and we might not post about it or talk about it a lot, but it comes out in our conversations. It comes out in the way that we interact with spouses and friends. And so if... If as an adult, we're telling our kids, hey, this is your sense of identity, but I don't even have this sense of identity. I don't even know who I am or yeah, where I belong. Kids see that. They see through it really easily. And so it's very important as, as adults, as the parents, to, to know who you are and what you believe in and where you stand so that you can model that for your kids and not bash them over the head with you know, something that, that they see.
0: Right. And, it, and it doesn't have to be super theological. I mean, I had a conversation with my 13-year-old son about this recently. We were just talking about identity, and I don't even remember what the entree was, but we were talking about this idea that the world has ideas about who you should be, Mm. but that when we understand who Jesus says we are, it gives us the confidence to be who we are and to be who God has created us to be. Uh, And we spent a little bit of time in the book of Ephesians, which talks a lot about our identity in Christ. Um, just observing what does Jesus say about who we are? And, and I don't want to come across as sounding super spiritual here because no, I'm not, important. you know, some, I spend more fun, time well, on my phone than it, I should, but, but we talked about, here's where we can go in
1: scripture to talk about this issue. But, but it's a huge relief because honestly, you know, if, if, you know, we're getting up every morning and we you know, and our self-esteem is based on, you know, likes or based on, you know, uh, how we look in this photo, I mean, we're going to be you know, we're never going to be good enough. And that's right. why we see so much facial reconstruction, you know, <laughs> and stuff, you know, cause they're like, oh man, Filters. I got a, I got a wrinkle. I got, you know, whatever. And I tell you, when you get into God's word and, and you start thinking on the terms of, you know, man, it, you know, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. When you talk about Taking up your cross daily, you know, think about this stuff. You know, man, you see the disciples who spent a lot of time with Jesus. And when people would come up and be like, Hey, wow, you're pretty cool, you're healing somebody, they'd be like, Don't look at me, look at God in me. Yes. And the more we can have that as our identity, um, hey, we might like social media and enjoy it, but we're not going to let it define us. Yes. All right, well. That's a
0: terrific discussion. I'm glad that Taylor wrote that, just prompting us to think more deeply about where kids are at today. And, and all of us as parents, as teens, wherever you're at on that spectrum, we're all working on this. And our hope is that the Plugged In Show can be an opportunity each week to be a touch point for you. So that you just have a chance to think about some of these things more deeply and hopefully be encouraged to go deeper uh, with your kids in your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. So we definitely want to hear from you. Please leave some feedback or review. Send us an email with thoughts about what we've been talking about today at team at thepluggedinshow.com. You'll also find links to the MIT article that we've been talking about today on our episode page. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Go Get do that in. right now <laughs> and then text all of your friends and say, you know, you should subscribe too, because we want you involved in this conversation. Well, we look forward to spending more time with you next week, plugging you into the world of pop culture and technology. I'm Adam Holtz for The Plugged In Show, and we'll see you next week.